Welcome to our weekly Wednesday night shir. Hold on. Welcome to our weekly Wednesday night shir. Lila Nishma, Sibafrayim, Rebchanani, Abdavliba. Shmuel Yaakov Ramesha, Jeanette Bas Ibrahim Akoyin. Parsh Tetzave. This week was Zayin Other Rishin. As we know, this year we have two months of Other. Other Rishin, Other Sheni, which is 60 days of Simcha. Mishinichlas Other Marm Besimcha, and therefore the 60 days of Simcha. And since we know that according to Halacha, there is a Halacha which involves 60, which is when something, a Davash of Yisr, something that's not permitted, falls into Davash of falls into something that you're allowed to use. Um, it becomes nullified if it's sixty, if it's multiplied by sixty of the davashavamutter, so this is called bottle b'shishim in the lingo of the shacharach, and therefore, since we have sixty days of simcha, therefore, anything that has to show any kind of decree, any kind of sadness, any kind of anything that's the opposite of good, is nullified automatically by the 60 days of Simcha. Simcha paid is gathered. Simcha breaks through any kind of boundaries. And therefore, this too is broken through. And we nullify any kind of ill feelings, shall we say, or any ill issues. Pashtitzava discusses the garments of the Kahanim, Pashtrimba. We discussed all the vessels of the Mishkan and Pashas Tetzave. We talk about the garments that the priest, the Kahanim, wore while doing Aved in the Bishamidash. However, towards the, at the end of the Pasha, we still have the mention of the one other Mizbeach, the other altar, the altar of gold, which was inside the Mishkan, or inside the Kedish. Known as the Mikter Mizbeach Mikter Kteris. So we'll discuss, Mirz Hashem, why is this left out and not put in the actual previous parsha? The Kahanim wore different types of garments. One very interesting garment, each garment had its own reason and purpose. One interesting garment was the garment of the Avnet, the Gartel. The belt, which was extremely, extremely long, and similar to the gartel that we wear during tefillah, during prayer, the rope which is bound in the middle of the body, separating the upper part and the lower part, lower extremities of the body. And 
this has no reason. There's no explanation for it. What did we actually need this gartel for? Obviously, this gartel was extremely, extremely long, and therefore was, went around many times around the Kayin. The Kayin came to do his service, excuse me, in the Mishkan, the Besamikdash, But sometimes there was reason. They were always reason. They were always very, very quick, swift on their feet. When you come in to do your service, and sometimes you jump into it right away, but you don't really have all the proper intentions and all the proper uh, preparation. And therefore, the avnate was something that they had to consci- consciously wrap around themselves, and by consciously wrapping around themselves, this gave them time to actually prepare properly, prepare themselves physically, mentally, for the service in the Mishkan, in the Beis HaMikdash. We say sometimes things that we don't mean. Unfortunately, many times people say things they regret. It's difficult. It's difficult. And therefore, HaKadosh Baruch Hu actually try to help us with that. When the Almighty created the person, the eyes have eyelids to cover them. The ears have ear lobes to cover them. The tongue has lips and teeth. Both need to open before, both need to part before one can talk. Unless, of course, one is a ventriloquist, which is a talent of its own. But if a person is practicing ventriloquism, they're usually either doing it to make people laugh or freak people out. They're not there usually to deliver speeches. Or to talk Lashon Hara. So, when the person says something, it's something that can't be recouped. And we spoke about this many times, and we've told the story before, and we'll tell it again, only because it's so pertinent, of the woman that came to the Rav. In the olden days, you came and you had a question, or you had a problem, or you felt you did a sin of some sort. You didn't come for a confession, but you came to find out, how can I repent for what I did? And the Erlacha woman, this very, very serious woman, came to the Rav and said, Rebbe, I'm so embarrassed to say, I spoke Lashon Hara. I spoke Lashon Hara, I spoke slander about somebody. How? How can I repent for this? And the Rav was flabbergasted. And he says, you spoke Lashon Hara. You spoke Lashon Hara. You opened your mouth, your teeth parted, your lips parted, and these words, these words of Lashon Hara came out of your mouth. And they spoke, you spoke about somebody something they did or said, or whatever it might have been. Wow! Wow, says the Lord. wow. 
such a horrible, horrible sin. And she's crying and she's moaning and she's bemoaning and she's screaming and jumping up and down. Rebbe, please, please, give me a way to repent from this. And the Rav thought for a long minute. And he said, I want you to take a chicken. Bring it to the Sheikhit. <coughs> to the ritual slaughterer. Shech the chicken. Have him shech the chicken. And bring it back to me. Now this was the most amazing thing the woman could ever hear. It sounded like an actual sacrifice in the temple. She was bringing a chicken. But the Rav said, wait, 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 one more minute, one, one more stipulation, little issue. I'm allergic to the feathers. So please do me a favor on the way here. Make sure there's no feathers. But to get it back here as quickly as possible. Well, needless to say, she didn't want to hesitate for a moment. She didn't want to miss the window of opportunity of repenting for this Lashon Hara that she spoke. And she ran to the farm and she bought a chicken and she ran to the Tzachit and she had him slaughter it and she immediately started to flick the pe- feathers. And she's running through the streets back to the dog, flicking these feathers, flicking and flicking, meticulously cleaning the, the chicken every last point and end of a feather. It was quite a windy day in the town. And the wind was blowing hither and thither, and, and so were the feathers. And the woman arrived back by the road with this beautifully, immaculately clean chicken, and she said to him, Rebbe, Rebbe, here's my chicken, now what do I do? How do I, what is my last step, my last stage for my repentance? And the Rav gave her a long, hard look and said to her, My woman, go outside now and collect all those feathers. She was flabbergasted. She said, What do you mean? Collect all the feathers. The winds are blowing so strong outside. These feathers could be three towns over already by now. Yes, says the Rav. That's where your Lashon Hara is too. When you can clean up that everybody that heard Lashon Hara should unhear it, you can do tshuva for your Lashon Hara. It's a horrific sin to blaspheme, to talk slander about somebody else. Especially when there's no tayelas, when there's no out, nothing benefited by it. And unfortunately we find ourselves in that predicament and very often time where we talk and we say things about somebody else we don't even realize that we're slandering, we don't even realize what we just said and it's pretty severe. So it's something that we should really, really be careful of how we talk and what we say. Well imagine, my friends, imagine, my dear listeners, Maisha Rabbeinu. Didn't slander, didn't speak Lashon Hashem, but let words out of his mouth. Once they were out, he could not retract. And he says, Takalish Baruchum, after the Jews sin by the golden calf, the Almighty says to him, I'm going to destroy these Jews. I'll make a totally new nation. 
you'll be the father of the new nation. Moshe, a true shepherd, a true devoted leader, who will give a limb for the person. If you do that, if you destroy these Jews, erase my name from this Torah. Well, my friends, we know that Moshe's name is mentioned very many times in the Torah. We also know, of course, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu did not destroy the Jews at the time. And he said, He forgave the Jews as Moshe, on Moshe's bequest after 40 days and 40 nights of pleading. However, <coughs> Moshe had spoken. Moshe said something. Moshe said something very, very potent, very powerful. Erase my name from your Torah. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu would not retract that. And therefore, it was decided that one Torah portion, Moshe's name is not mentioned. And since Moshe's birth, the beginning of Chumash Shemais, until today, till Pasha Tetzaveh, Moshe's name is mentioned every Pasha. <coughs> now, in this Pasha, Pasha Tetzaveh, Moshe's name is omitted throughout the entire Pasha. Why? What went wrong here? What got so mixed up here? This is the only parsha, And that those Mepharshim that explain the Balaturim actually explains that this is the words that were kept Keeping to what he asked for, Mechenina Mesifrecha. It Sadik says something, Hakadish Baruch is Mechayim. In Tisachatasem, if you carry the sin, good. If you forgive the sin, if you commute this in good this was the words of the tzaddik and he said on this condition and if you keep your score at home the Gemara Makis Yid Aleph Amir Aleph 11 side 1 explains that it left a mark and although HaKadosh Baruch Hu accepted his beseechment HaKadosh Baruch Hu now went and looked to fulfill what he had said. Teda, the Teda, was the most endeared 
anything in the eyes of Meshur His essence was the Torah. And the Torah is referred to as Torah's Meshur. For Meshur to want to have his name omitted from this Torah, he gave up everything. He was ready to give up everything. But Misha was ready to give up his name. For what? Rashi says in Bamidbar, Chafalov, Chafalov. 21, 21. Chapter 21, verse 21. Meisha hu Yisrael hu Meisha. is the Jews, and the Jews are Meisha. They are one. A true, devoted, and dedicated shepherd is one with his flock totally, and his flock is totally one with him. They are hand in hand, and they are inseparable. Just to note, 21, the word Chafalov or Ach is Ach Teva Chesed. Only the good. So, although their punishment was well deserved to the Jews, when Moshe Rabbeinu saw the Jews were in danger, Moshe was going to go to any extreme to save the Jews. Even if it meant eradicating his very name from something that is so dear to him. Just don't touch, don't hurt the Jews. This shows that deep, deep dedication and devotion that Moshe had as a shepherd to his flock. Fact is, there was no reason that he couldn't stand aside over here. The sin itself was very severe. After receiving the Teda, they served a golden calf. They did idol worship. Horrific. They went against everything that they were just given and told. And not just told. The amazing, amazing revelations that they just experienced on Sinai. And they just threw it threw it under the bus, literally. Secondly, Mesha wasn't even there. He came down to see them in the middle of this whole hullabaloo, as we call it. He was up on the mountain. So technically speaking, there was no reason, thank you, there was no reason for Mesha to take the fall here. 
כל החלטה הדינים האלה מלכים שקרן ודברים. on behalf of the Jews, that they be forgiven. So much so, he put his very essence on the line by saying, if you're not going to answer my prayers positively, I want no part, I want no, my name should not be affiliated with the Taylor. Wow. Mesha has said to the Almighty, if Tera does not have forgiveness, if Tera cannot share and show forgiveness for the worst of the worst sin, literally the worst of the worst sin, if there is no forgiveness within the Tera for even that, then Houston, we have a problem. In that case, I don't want my name there. This brought about even stronger the connection of Moshe and the Jews. And not only the Moshe and the Jews, but the Jews and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So much deeper the disconnection between Meshach Rabbeinu, Teda, and the Yidin, and the Teda, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and the Yidin and the Teda. That he saw to it that it became a circle. Tlask, Shorin, Mishach, Shorin, Dovidor, it says in the Zayar. There are three knots, there are three things that bound one with the other. Teda, the Jews are connected directly to God through Tera. But it's not just in a chain fashion, one link into the third, to the second and the third, but rather it's a circle where Tera, where Akadish Baruch Hu, and Tera and Yisrael all intertwine. The mysterious nefesh that Moshe Rabbeinu had here to bring about forgiveness for the Jews. And therefore as Moshe Rabbeinu awakens this deep connection, this deep bond of his own essence between himself and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Am Yisrael. even standing above Teda. This connection, therefore, can bring about even forgiveness for the sin of the golden calf. And from here we learn 
how strong needs, we need to have Ahava Sisrael. Love for a fellow Jew. This love needs to be even for someone who sinned the most severe and horrific sin. One needs to connect, to forgive, without any boundaries, unconditionally. So much so to give over the most important part of his essence. As Meisha did with the name, his name in the Torah, just for the nation. This is the greatness of a Nasi of the Jews, the first Nasi. And this is how each and every Nasi does so. And therefore, Meisha Rabbeinu being Galishin and Gael Achrin. Why? Because this lesson from Meisha Rabbeinu teaches us how to exist and coexist with our mankind. Many times we hear of different things one does to another. Tells us the Teda, we learn from here what forgiveness is all about. How far we need to go to forgive. Sometimes you look at it and we say, it's way too hard. It's way too much. This person went way over the line. Tells us the Teda, Meishe Rabbeinu was ready and willing to give up his name, to give up his Teda, which was on his name, so that Jews be forgiven. Mind you, these were not the most upper class Jews, they were not the finest citizens. They did something horrific here. Horrific beyond. And it was not as if he was there to stop them. Of course, not there to promote it. <coughs> but he still didn't feel the culpability, but he felt responsibility. To see to it the continuity of the world goes on. And therefore, although it was so outlandish, he opened his mouth to say something, Erase my name. And therefore, this week's Pasha, we don't find Meshav in his name. Often time, says Matthew Chernobyl, Pashtitzav is read around the time of Zion Other, the seventh day of the month of Other, which as we know, is the passing of Mesha. The day that he passed away. And therefore commentaries explain that the reason this Parshadavka was taken and used fulfilling this request is because it's the time where he passes away.
However, the Pasha begins, And you will command. We know this is a direct reference to Moshe. So although we are not mentioning his name, of which he was called, which he was referred to, it talks about his essence, Ve'ata, your essence. And the many commands that are in this parsha are directly to Moshe. Ve'asiso, ve'nasato, ve'lakakto, talking to him, to Moshe. What's a name? What's a name? <laughs> you know, oftentimes we go to the aisle of people and you help them to write their pun. What's your Hebrew name? What's your mother's Hebrew name? Baruch Hashem for the wonderful world of cellular telephones where most of them will pick up the phone and call their mother say, Mama, what's my name? What's your name? Then you ask them, what's your wife's Hebrew name? And they give you the wife's Hebrew name. And they give the wife's Hebrew name. They get the wife's Hebrew name. And then you say, and uh, what's your mother-in-law's name? Your wife's mother's name? I don't want to know what you call her, you say. What was she called? What's her Hebrew name? And oftentimes you see people's expression on their faces. With, oh boy. It's because you don't want to know what I call her. What's her name, though? A name is a way to connect, to communicate. If everybody would walk away, walk around saying, hey you, nobody will turn around. Or everybody will turn around. So, the name, in essence, we find, is for communication purposes. You say, hey, Ruvain, Ruvain turns around. Hey, Shimon, Shimon turns around. So the name is actually created for the Zulas, for the other person. Person themselves, when they. <laughs> is to go welcome my father, Allah Shalom, to, um, to Brighton Beach, to Kingsway. And you see people walking on the street, you know how the world is, 
Today is not much better, 60 years ago, 50 years ago. You had the people that walk in the street talking to themselves. And there were times when my father would stop someone and say, Send Mary God's. The person would look at him. My father would say, Whoever you're talking to, send Mary God's to them. Or my father would tell me, He'll never lose an argument. And that's a fact. And when a person is talking to themselves, they don't refer to themselves by name. They just talk. Unless you have the multi-personality person who argues with themselves in that way. A child is born in the Jewish custom I call upon him. In the Jewish world we have to give the girl a, ter- a name by the Torah and the boy waits at least eight days for a bris. And only then do they get a name. Until that time, it's baby. Baby. This time, though, when we say baby, we're talking to the essence of the person, to the essence of the child. So much so. We told the story as well. of the Alter Rebbe. He was with his grandson, the Tzemach Tzedek, who was orphaned very young. And he was sitting with the Tzemach Tzedek on his lap, practically an infant. And he asked him, in Yiddish, Vuz Zayde, where is Zayde, where is your gra- where is grandfather? The baby pointed to his beard and he says, Thus is Zaydi's bird. Who's Zaydi? That's Zaydi's beard. Where's Zaydi? Pointed to the head and he said, This is Zaydi's cup. Who's Zaydi? He pointed to his body and he says, This is Zaydi's carpa. Who's Zaydi? Child got frustrated, jumped off his lap and went away. Child was a very bright child though. And he went to hide behind the door of the study with the Al-Tarebbe would be going in soon. And as the Al-Tarebbe entered the study, from behind the door he called out, Zayde! And the Zayde turned around. And he said, there's Zayde. He called his essence. He called his essence. And then he got him to turn around. 
this is before or without using an actual name of the person we call and make reference to the essence of the person so how is it then in Tafke and Pasha Tetzaveh telling about the Pasha that says Mecheni Na Mesiflecha where we're trying to complete the words of Moshe where he says erase my name from the Torah we find a Pasha that makes total reference to the essence of Moshe Rabbeinu versus his actual only name but as we said before we find this bound one thing with another the request of Meshach Mechini Nabesifracha, erase my name from your Sefer, also was Meshach's essence, higher than his own essence, higher than his own life. Although Taylor was called Taylor's Meshach, he saw the nation standing in danger and therefore said, even these, whoever they are of the nation, keep score at home, the Gemara Shabbos, Pezayin and Aleph, talks about it, what kind of people they were. Meisha was re- ready to stand and defend them. And yet, yet, Mesha, as we said before, with the nation, were one. He did not allow any separation between them. As we said before, Mesha, who Israel, Israel, Mesha. And when the Jews sinned, this hit Mesha as well. He was on the mountain had no control over this, had no way of stopping them. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu uses the expression, Leich Reid Kishich Zamcha, go down. Could have been Leich, just go, but go down, saying that he's lowering, being lowered from where he was, from his normal status. Reid Megadulazcha, keep your score at home, the Yemad and Brachas, Lamed Beis Amar Aleph 32, side 1. Go down from your greatness. Therefore, especially when it comes to the request of Mesha to erase his name from the Torah for the Jewish nation's sake, 
it comes, the great show is done, expressed in a parsha, in a Torah portion that shows the greatness of his name, the greatness of his essence, which is even greater than his name. It shows how great the sacrifice he had for his flock, for the nation, the unconditional love, the unconditional connection, willing to give up anything and everything to protect his flock. A true leader, a true shepherd, a true manigistol. Even if the nation went to such a low extreme, and to such a low extent. And as we said, this is a lesson, a life lesson that we all have from Meshach Rabbeinu, that we need to learn that Tera, if you live a life of Tera, if you live the way of Tera, no matter who, no matter what, we need to find a place in our heart to forgive, to move on, And to not justify necessarily, but at least to say, okay, if the person has repented, I forgive. We spoke before that in Parshas Tiruma, all the vessels of the Mishkin were mentioned, of the tabernacle. HaKadosh Baruch commands therefore now in there to make the Mishkan a Mizbeach and a to make the copper Mizbeach on which they brought the sacrifices. At the end of Pashat Tzavah though we are mentioning now a new altar, a new Mizbeach Mizbeach Hazov. And this stood in the Kedish, in the Hechel. And there only frankincense were brought, only Ketedis. The Mizbeach was made of stone. Mara tells us if Chas V'Sholem, Chalila a couple should ever get divorced it is a very sad time in the Jewish nation it is so sad, says the Gemara that even the Mizbeach cries even the altar cries and the question immediately comes about the altar was made of stone. We know the stones are cold and ruthless, heartless. Why is the Mizbeach crying? That itself is an answer to its question. Although it's a stone which technically has no emotion, no feeling, you say somebody has a heart of stone, Rahman al Islam. Even though it's made of stone, it still is moved to its essence that it too cries 
if Chas Hashem, a divorce takes place. So these two vessels, the Mizbeach Hanacheshes and Mizbeach HaZahav, were different than all the other vessels in the Mishkan. There's a law called Tuma and Tahara. Impurity. A dead body, is known as Avi Avais Hatuma. It is the ultimate level of impurity. <coughs> if a person comes in contact with a dead body, they go down to the next level, which is Av Hatuma. This avatuma touches food or something and becomes rishon tuma, and each goes down to another level, another level. It lessens. Any vessel in the Mishkan, Mizbeach, in the Beis Hamikdash, if it was touched by a person that had dealt with a dead body, that was an avatuma, or if a dead body fell there would become tummy, would become impure. Except for the Mizbeach. The Mizbeach did not become tummy. It did not become impure. It was not Mikabal Tumah. It's a mission at the end of Mizbeach, this Chagiga that discusses this. Whereas everything else in the Mishkan in the Beis Hamikdash, could become tummy. Tered is endless. Tered is ain't safest. Like Hakadosh Baruch Hu, the Gavish that created Tered, and therefore it is in the essence of Hakadosh Baruch which Hakadosh Baruch Hu is ain't safe, a never-ending light, and so too is Tered. And therefore, when we delve into Tered, we can go deeper and deeper and deeper. This halacha as well, this law as well, that the Mizbeach is not Mikabal Tumah, can be explained at depth. It makes reference, it makes reference to the Nishama. The Mizbeach is compared to the Neshama of the person. It's known this commandment to build Mishkan Lashem, aside for being a general command for the Jewish nation, it has something for each and every Jew separate. To set up the Mishkan. Not just set up a Mishkan in a desert or on Harabayas, within each and every person's heart. A person needs to make of themselves a Mishkan. And within this Mishkan, they can reveal godliness. 
And just like by the Mishkan, the general Mishkan, there are Kleikadish Rabbim, there are many different vessels in which the Shekhinah rests, in which HaKadosh Baruch Hu's essence finds itself. The same is also with the private Mishkan of each and every person. There are different vessels with which a person serves God in different ways. If you're watching the video, you're missing about three minutes in between. It blanked out, and you have a second video for the rest of the Shia Mitzvah. Hopefully it'll hold out till then. Um, these different vessels of a human being where he is like the Mishkan of his own, his own tabernacle, is the mayach, the lev, the pair, yadayim, raglayim, the mind, the heart, the mouth, the hands, the feet, etc. And therefore a Jew needs to see to it. They devote their mind to the the study of Torah, to fill their heart with love of God, love and fear of God. His mouth should be speaking words of Torah, and to feel a prayer, to do mitzvahs with his hands and his feet, to go with his feet to good places, to holy places, etc. And when he uses every part of his body for the service of God, he makes himself a tabernacle for God. We have times, unfortunately, where vessels become impure where the person uses his seichel, his feelings, his other essence, for the things that are not so perfect. And he makes them impure. This sin furthers a person from the light of holiness. In order to repair this, and to make it once again a Mishkan Lashem, one needs to repent and needs to purify once again his vessels. However, there is one vessel that can never become impure the Mizbeach. That is the mainstay of the Mishkan. This is the main devotion and dedication that we have to God. It's selflessness carrying the fire on, uh, fires on it, burning the outside one burnt parts of the animal, and the inside one, as we said before, the frankincense, potatoes. The Mizbeach, therefore, is compared to the soul itself, to the Etzim HaNeshama. His Pintaliyid, as we know it, it can never get lost and can never become impure.
This pintle yid can never be affected from the behavior of another person, from his work, from his ways of thought. This always remains connected with God. Doesn't want and is not capable of ever separating. It doesn't make a difference which Mizbeach we are talking about. Whether it be the one of copper, whether it be the one of gold. These two elements, the copper and the gold, teach us of the two different types of tests one withstands in service of God. Copper is, of course, the most lowly metal, the least in value. The poor, the poverty, and gold, the opposite, the wealth. Sometimes a person gets very wealthy, and they tend to do things They tend to get frivolous. They tend to act in ways they shouldn't. And sometimes the person in poverty stands up and cries and bemoans how they didn't get a piece of chicken. How they didn't get fish sticks. This is only superficial the pnimius of a Jew the etzim of his neshama is always bound to God and therefore the Torah tells us that with this keach of the take of a pnimius he will overcome and at the end he will wipe away any superficial things on the outside, and through through tshuva, through true tshuva, true repentance, his mishkan and his kalim will become tahir once again. The fact of the matter is, according to a lot of opinions, Truman Tetzavar, all one long hemshech, hence, Although that most everything was mentioned in Truma, we still have this last part mentioned in Tetzaveh, which is still a the continuation to the parasha uh, prior. May we merit that this Shabbos, the Shittakabi, with the Mishkan, with the Mizbeis Amigdash, Ashlishi, it's Tess Adar not Tess Adar Sheni, but as we know, Tess other. It's a very auspicious day. The Friedrich Rebbe arrived in America. It's all the Shani, obviously. But we could always celebrate the Tev, Lev, Mishta, Tomid, the Chaim, the Chaim, the Bracha. We too should step on the shores of Atseno Hagdesha and we could say, Eretz Yisrael is Nisht Anish. Shabbat Shalom to all.